And uh, it's my uh, pleasure to introduce our preacher this morning, Thomas Woodman. Thomas, if you want to come up, I'll say some embarrassing words with you next to me, as opposed to toward you. Uh, Thomas is a good friend. I first uh, remember meeting Thomas, uh, or first remember noting Thomas's presence in church uh, probably four years ago at Pentecost. I'm going to tell an embarrassing Pentecost story where uh, he offered a dance as part of the Pentecost liturgy at All Angels, uh, where he, he became the Holy Spirit. Uh, he was this living flame uh, reminding us of God's presence among us. And that, that memory has really stuck with me whenever I think about Thomas, who is this uh, sincere person of faith, who uh, currently were, uh, is a Juilliard trained dancer, uh, currently working for City Relief, uh, a, an agency that supports the unhoused and those who struggle with addiction. Uh, and most recently, he's become the husband to Sarah and uh, has been a, a longtime member of the Thursday Night Bible Study uh, and a, a personal friend of mine. And I look forward to hearing what God is going to say to us through Thomas this morning. Thanks, Thomas. Good morning, everybody. So the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's households to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And I'll say that once with me. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So at the start of the pandemic, um, March 2020, I was praying, and I was actually praying over uh, John 6, and this story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 um, came up, and I was... <clears throat> was just praying and trying to discern and figure out what were my what were my five loaves and two fish that I could offer to God at the start of this this pandemic season um, I didn't want to just be sitting on the sidelines but I wanted to be involved and I wanted to I wanted to offer something um, so I decided that uh, my five loaves and two fish for for that week were four hours of of outreach or volunteering um, and then two hundred dollars for God to use however he wanted. Um, so that week, that week went by. Um, that's a whole story in itself. I can tell you another time. Um, but at the end of that week, I decided that I wanted to keep that going, and I didn't want to just do it just for the one week. But throughout the pandemic season, I wanted this to be a commitment that I would uphold. So I decided <clears throat> needed to be some adjustments. So I decided I could do four hours a week. Um, and then extend out the $200 to $200 a month instead of every week. Um, now, $200 a month was still not, would not be sustainable for me at the time. Um, like, I didn't have hardly any, um, hardly any income. I was working part-time for an online English teaching organization, making maybe $12 an hour, and I'd usually work for 30 to 60 minutes every other day. Um, <clears throat> So $200 a month was, was too much. Four hours a week 
surprisingly, I know for a lot of us when the pandemic started, our schedules were wiped. We had so much time. For me, it was the opposite. I felt totally overwhelmed with all the things that I had to do, all the commitments that I had made, all the people I was um, committed to supporting and helping out and taking care of and all this. And so <clears throat> both of these things felt like they were just too much. I felt like I could barely, could barely actually offer this. But I said to God, um, these are my loaves and fish. And if you can feed 5,000 men, that's estimated to be 15 to 20,000 people. I said, if you can feed 15 to 20,000 people with this, do it. So I uh, kept consistent. I just kept going out, kept, um, kept giving what I could. And every week and every month, God provided a way for that to happen. He made a way for my schedule to remain open at those hours so I could always go out and volunteer. He made a way so that um, money was actually provided to me to be able to give out, so it wasn't all just coming out of my account. Um, and all of that just kept going towards uh, serving and wanting to, quote unquote, feed, um, feed the 5,000. Um, as a, uh, it's a little fun fact from that, that volunteering was with City Relief, um, who as Michael mentioned, I now work for. Um, so I got a job out of that, um, and I got that, uh, that money refunded. And then um, I also, uh, through volunteering, was how I met Sarah. So I also met my wife out of that. So can't guarantee that um, if you volunteer, you'll get married and get a job. But God can do it. So something that I learned from that season was that God really wants to use us to be his vehicle of blessing. So this scripture that I read at the start is from Genesis chapter 12, verses one through three, when God speaks to Abram. And it, I view those verses as sort of the mission statement of the Bible. That's what kicks off. There's just chaos before this and like not a clear through line as to what's actually going on. And then God says, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you, Abram, into a great nation. I'm going to do all of these things. And he ends with, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's the, that's the summation of this whole blessing of God's whole mission. And so as we look, look through scripture, that's what I always look for, is how is that story of God's blessing pouring out into all people, how is that being um, revealed more and more? So um, with that in mind, um, I would just want to quickly talk through um, some of our passages that we read today, just give a quick recap so we can hold these different pictures in our mind um, before we continue. So uh, with, with keeping in mind, God wants us to be his vehicle of blessing, um, and we can be even when we, have, even when we feel we have limited to give. Um, God can still use that to bless the nations. So the first passage we heard today was 2 Kings, uh, where we see um, Elisha, who's one of the great prophets in the Old Testament. And um, we see uh, there's a gift that's brought to him that's 20 barley loaves, um, 20 loaves of bread made from the first fruits of the barley grain, and then another just sack of grain. And when Elisha gets this, so Elisha receives this gift, and the next thing that he does, he's hosting these hundred men, hundred prophets, um, that he's already provided some stew for. There's been some prior miracles. Um, it's this whole thing. But he receives this, this small gift, and he says to his servant, 
give it to the give it to the men give it to the hundred prophets who are here set it before them so they may eat and the servant he's like how can i set this before 100 men this is 20 loaves of bread there's no there's no way this could feed all of them that's like he just says what would what would 100 loaves do for i mean sorry what would 20 loaves do for 100 men and elisha says um commands him again to set it before them and he says they will eat and have some left over which as we know is what then happens so elisha receives this gift and gives it back out and elisha uses his servant to bring to be the vehicle for that blessing so then again in john 6 we see jesus who's surrounded by these 5,000 men, 15 to 20,000 people, and he says to his disciples, let's feed them. And the, now this is um, a primarily Jewish audience, um, so they're all familiar with this story of Elisha feeding these 100 men, 100 prophets with 20 loaves. Um, and so they still say, how, Andrew specifically, says to Jesus, how far will this go? How far will these five loaves and these two fish that they just received from a young boy, how far will this go in feeding this many people? Um, it's essentially saying we don't have the resources, we can't, can't take care of all these people, they have to fend for themselves because we can't do it, it's beyond our capacity. And Jesus says, make them all sit down, and then he uses his disciples to carry all of the bread and all of the fish out to the people. And they are all, 15 to 20,000 people are all fed um, with what, just one little boy's uh, <clears throat> lunch, five loaves and two, two fish. So Jesus again, just like Elisha, Jesus receives five loaves and two fish from this boy, receives, and then he gives. And he gives all that he receives, and it's used to feed so many thousands. So there's one other passage uh, that I also would like to mention, which is actually that we didn't read today, that's actually not found in John. It's only found in Matthew and in Mark, but it comes shortly after this feeding of the 5,000. So it's the feeding of the 4,000. Seems less impressive. Um, but Jesus is in the Gerasenes around the Decapolis and Really, that just means he's in Gentile territory. The people who he's ministering to are Gentiles. They're not part of the chosen people. They're not uh, of Jewish heritage. They are Gentiles. They're the other. And these Gentiles have been following Jesus for three days. And Jesus says to them, we, says to his disciples, we can't send them off. They have no food. They'll collapse on the way. Um, we have to feed them. And again, the disciples say, how can we feed this many people? And Jesus asks, what do you have? They say seven loaves and a few fish. So again, Jesus breaks the bread, tears the fish, has his disciples deliver it out to these thousands and thousands of people, which this is thought to be between 12 and 18,000 people, primarily, gen primarily or all Gentiles. Um, and something special about this passage is that the blessing that Jesus is giving out this, um, this incredible blessing of being able to take such, such small resources and being able to provide it to provide for so many, Jesus isn't just giving to his people, to his chosen people, 
he's giving to the Gentiles. He's extending that blessing that he's already demonstrated is for the Jewish people. He's giving that also to the Gentiles, and that blessing is extending out. And all peoples on earth are being blessed through him. So God does want us to be his vehicle. Um, In all of those instances, Elisha, Elisha was the one who had the faith. He didn't get up and go out and feed the people. He told his servant to do it, the one who didn't have the faith. Jesus told his disciples to have this people sit down and take the bread and take the fish out to feed the people. Again, the disciples didn't have the faith to do that, but Jesus did, and he encouraged them, he spurred them on, and he said, no, trust me, this is what the Lord has said, this is what will come to pass, feed them. And so what I want us to really take away from this is that God is is desiring to use us to be the vehicle for his blessing to reach all peoples, but he does not leave us alone in that. He knows that we we don't have the resources. He knows that we are feel totally overwhelmed with the need that's around us. He knows that we um, are just overwhelmed at the, um, at the sheer number of people that need help. He knows this. But as we saw at the end of uh, our Ephesians passage, he is able to do abundantly far more than anything we could ask or imagine. And he knows the need of the people around us. Um, he knows what they need. And even though he knows that we are surrounded by many thousands and thousands and thousands of hungry people, the power of God that is able to provide lives in us. That power we have access to. That power that all it asks of us is that we give our loaves and our fish, our very little that we have, um, just so that God can use it to feed the thousands. So what are some of the loaves and fish that we do have? Um, Some of us may literally have loaves of bread and raw fish in our fridge. Um, I'd encourage you to pull those out and pray over it and ask God if he can use them. Um, I think that would be a a big step of faith. Um, But I would just, to give some specific examples, um, your $5 can buy a meal for someone who hasn't eaten in days. Your $2 can buy a cold drink for someone who's overheating and experiencing heat exhaustion in the summer. Your phone can connect someone to their family who they haven't been able to reach for years. Your Google search can open the door for people to get connections to shelter, to detox, to an ID, to help, whatever it is that they need. Your words can give someone hope after they've been beaten down by systems that have promised that they would help them. Every one of us has something that we can give that, is, that can be life-changing for someone who really needs it. And I hope that we will not believe the lie um, that what we have to offer is too insignificant even to bring to the table. It's that little boy who came up to the disciples and gave his five loaves and his two fish. He knew there was thousands of people around him. He knew that he wouldn't, there's no way his, what he had to give could cover it, but he gave it anyway. Because it's not about what we give, 
It's about what God can do with what we give. And something I also just want to point out for us um, is just that when we give, we also encounter God's blessing. Um, I'd like to read us a quote from a book, a book called At the Master's Feet. Um, it was written by Sadhu Sundar Singh. He was a very famous apostle, sometimes known as the apostle with the bleeding feet, who went around the, um, from northern India and in the Himalayas, walked to Tibet. He walked through the mountains barefoot um, for most of his life. But he wrote this book that came out of a vision that he had of Jesus speaking to him, and the book's written as a discourse between him, the disciple, and Jesus, the master. And so he asks Jesus about service, and in the book, he says that Jesus said in response, in true service of others, there is the great advantage that it helps him who serves, just as it happened to you in Tibet. When you are in fear of death, and in fear of death on account of the bitter cold, and saw one lying buried in the snow and at the point of death, you went to him, and lifting him on your shoulders, carried him forward, and the efforts you made produced heat in your body, which also passed into his, and both he and you were saved, so that in rescuing him, you saved your own life. This is the true end of service. No one can live alone and deprived of the help of others. I know that for many of us, um, one thing that was difficult with the pandemic was uh, just how isolating it was. Um, and it was very difficult for me as well, how isolating it was. Um, but being out and <clears throat> those four hours of service every week meant that that was four hours where I was with people, talking to people. I went out because I wanted to serve, I wanted to help, I wanted to give to people. Um, and in doing so, the warmth of that relationship warmed me. And I think that that is the case every time we serve, every time we give. And I just think of, again, that little boy with the five loaves and the two fish, and I just wonder if that would have been enough food for him. I don't know how long that was supposed to last him for, but after giving it to Jesus and Jesus feeding the 5,000 with it. There were 12, basketful, 12 baskets full of bread left over, uh, and that little boy had a plethora of food to eat. Um, and I just think of how much, blessing, how much blessing we can find as we give. So what would it look like for us to give what we have received? Um, I'm going to just take one or two minutes in silence, and I encourage you to just ask God and wonder with him, what are my five loaves? What are my two fish? Could be really anything, really anything. And I would encourage you, and I will let you know now, that after service, I really encourage you to ask each other what your loaves and fish are. Um, because it's not, giving is not something we have to do alone, and I think that we would all be encouraged to, to know that our brothers and our sisters are in this with us. Um, so I'll give us just 60 seconds in silence.
For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.